COVID watch. I'm pleased to announce the president has finally tested negative for COVID-19. That's after taking the big pharma drug Paxlovid over the weekend, as well as over 700 milligrams of Adderall. Our brave leader is so strong and in such great shape that he was able to deliver not only one, but two taped speeches in two different suits with two different hairstyles. Yes, his eye color was black and he may have never blinked once, but according to Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kessler, that's only because the president was honoring Shark Week at the White House. I'm Philip A. Flood, and this has been your breaking news update. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Thinking Logically. I am joined by John Pod Jones, a.k.a. Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi, and I am the Podfather, coming to you live as we deliver another great episode here. And thank you to our correspondent, Philip A. Flood, as uh, we get more breaking news on President Biden's uh, COVID diagnosis. So, Happy Friday, Joe. How's everything going? It's going great, man. Uh, wife is 16 days away from giving birth. So actually like 18. I got that wrong. But uh, very excited. We are getting the final things prepped. And I have a bachelor party this weekend. So hopefully he doesn't come on Saturday or when I'm hungover on Sunday. But that's about it, man. Just just prepping for, for the new addition to our beautiful family. Congratulations. You're going to be a great dad. Uh, I will be joining you there in November. As are you, sir. That's correct. <laughs> Life's about to change. And we got fantasy football coming up here, fantasy football draft prep as we head into August and in the football season right around the corner. So exciting times as we uh, wind down summer here. Back to the COVID IR list for players. <laughs> it's back. But uh, – yeah, I, I know um, we want to get into some of these topics here. And, and the last, as I texted you yesterday, the last 48 to 72 hours have been extremely busy um, with just one after another after another headlines coming out, legislation being passed, um, COVID, masks, monkeypox, uh, semiconductors, strike groups. And we're going to get into to most of that today. So, uh, First, as we begin here, uh, let's talk about uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden's uh, COVID diagnosis. So you're all over this. Go ahead. Take it away. Okay, so Joe Biden was declared COVID free on Wednesday. There's just one problem. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, he's not out of the woods yet. See, Dr. Fauci, who's probably received about a dozen shots and boosters, caught COVID in late June. He um, had to actually miss his daughter's wedding because of it, which the irony, I can't even begin to, I'll go into a laughing fit, honestly, and never stop laughing. So let's just move on from that. But according to him, his symptoms were mild, but he took the drug Paxlovid for five days. He then, just like Joe Biden on Wednesday, received a negative test. Three days in a row, actually. However, according to Dr. Fauci, he then went through, and I quote, a Paxlovid rebound. 
the symptoms I had were more severe than those that I had the first time from the coronavirus, Fauci was quoted as saying. So will the same thing happen to Joe Biden? I, I guess the clock is ticking. Uh, Monday, August 1st will be, I believe, day five for Joe Biden. So let's just see what happens. And wh- why the hell are his eyes so damn black? Uh, I mean, is it some sort of Lazarus phenomenon or something? So I think what you were saying uh, in your, well, Philip A. Flood's uh, lead in there was that he was probably hopped up on all kinds of Adderall. Um, and that's probably somewhat true, I would think, at least for some presidents, because just the daily demands and grinds of the job, especially in your 79 year old man who has very, very low energy, you have to you have to have something that's keeping you going. And whether it's caffeine, Adderall, who knows? Consider and speculate. But, uh, you know, he, he was featured in two separate video clips, I think posted, like you said, 20 minutes apart on his Twitter feed. And he was had a different suit on in each, different hairstyle. And he just looks like he normally looks, actually. Uh, just like a hollow shell bowl of oatmeal. Um, so we know that the people that are at most high risk for COVID and for experiencing severe illness are senior citizens, those over 75 and older. And um, who knows, you know, he may have some sort of, like you said, Paxlovid rebound heard of that. Um, But there's also the long COVID game that you mentioned last episode that they may try to play or that he may be experiencing. So yeah, he, he's back from the dead. We'll say he's back from the dead. So, anything else on that? <sighs> no, let's just play the waiting game and just see what happens. So, well, well that's that, and we will uh, we'll see what other what more news comes out from the White House regarding his diagnosis and if he begins to experience more symptoms. But he has been seen wearing a mask after he's been testing negative. So, again. Go back to the masks like we talked about last episode. We had a a fair share of mask talk. But if he's testing negative, why is he wearing a mask? Until real quick, until he gets close to someone, then he takes the mask off and leans in and talks to him. He definitely does. That's not (laughs) an exaggeration. Every time. Every time. And we're going to play a Kamala Harris clip for you later in this episode. And she is seen sitting around a table wearing a mask. Again, go back to what I said last week, last episode, and what Dan Bongino likes to say. If masks work, then why aren't they working? Simple enough. But enough about that. Let's transition to transitioning. And we have more great audio from this brilliant White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, KJP. Take it away, Joe. Okay. We're, we're seeing, what we're seeing is that we are in a transition. A transition to what? A third world country? What, what are we transitioning to? A, uh, a green energy economy? Eventually, in 30 years, we're not ready yet, like we, we said. But 
<laughs> I mean, here, let's play the rest of the video, actually. Let's just, let's just let her go on. Let's let her go on. Had this strong economic growth because of the of the work that this president has done in the past 18 months. And now what we're seeing is a transition into stable and steady growth. A transition into stable and steady growth. I mean, does anyone really believe that? I mean, Mark? No. Well, they think that we do. They think that we will believe that. But I want to, that's the first time I heard that clip, actually. And I want to mention, I feel like someone got to her. Because she sounded a lot more energized and a lot more confident in her voice intonation, the way she was speaking right there. So maybe they're telling her, you know, you got to do a little bit better job for us out in front of the media. Because, as we said before, and as now the national media is beginning to say about this press secretary, she is a disaster. She is a disaster. And maybe she's... Gaining more confidence on the job. Who knows? But what are we transitioning to? Do you want to go ahead and play the Biden uh, clip you have queued up? Of this? True international average of pressure. True international average of pressure. True international average of pressure. Did you understand that or should I play? I'll play it one more time. True international average of pressure. True international average of pressure. True international average of pressure. <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness uh in all fairness you know he is clearly um i think most of the country is on this now that he is not all there there's something wrong with him mentally cognitively but in all fairness i, Trump, I can't wait Trump they did redefine, say some crazy things too i can't wait till they redefine that word <laughs> <laughs> Well, they've already redefined recession, and they have redefined some more words that we're going to talk about right now. This was a, um, I found this chart from the Babylon Bee. Now, if you don't know what the Babylon Bee is, it's a parody account where they basically just make fun of uh, different politicians, things, quotes, videos, satire, it's humor. Okay. So they posted this chart here. Words redefined by the Biden administration. First, we'll go through a couple of these. The old term all of them. We're going to go through all of them. All of them. Yeah. More than a couple. Couples, too. There's like 10 here. The first word they have redefined is recession. Their definition for recession is now a recovery. You just played that clip. We're in a recovery. We're in a transition. The old term, Hispanics. They have redefined Hispanics as breakfast tacos. That's why it, Jill Biden's press secretary just resigned. Let's not forget that there was like a couple, I don't know if it was a couple hundred or a hundred or at least a couple dozen Mexicans that were found in the back of a trailer, spiced up and dead. And breakfast season. tacos is not the best term to use with stories like that. Don't forget, they were seasoned with uh, steak seasoning. Yes, spiced up. That is not and the, and an exaggeration. Kids, we are the not... children that are in the facilities are like wrapped up in them tinfoil blankets, and they, they do look like little like burritos you get at Chipotle or Qdoba. Or, is Qdoba even still around? I don't even know. Yes. It's stuff like that. Yes, yes. Um, so breakfast tacos, we saw Jill Biden compare the Hispanics in San Antonio to breakfast tacos. Where is the outrage? 
press secretary took the fall for that and resigned. Old term woman. <laughs> New term, question mark, question mark, question mark. They just don't. It'll be, it'll be updated later again after something else. Yes. It was, they it can't was... define what a woman is. And it just amazes me that more women aren't outraged by the fact that this administration doesn't want to define and empower women. It's, it's crazy to me. Chest feeders, you mean? <laughs> yes. Um, fourth one, monkeypox. Old term, monkeypox. New term, virus that definitely infects everyone equally, regardless of sexual orientation. Oh, boy. T- time out on this one, because <laughs> we couldn't even say it, the, the virus was Chinese that was racist. But, like, they are making it in, in – they're making it like, and maybe it is, I don't know, 98, they're saying 98% of cases or more are from, I don't know if it's just homosexual people or gay men specifically, but what is Male to male sexual contact. Okay. So if you're, if you're a guy that's in the 2% and you get monkeypox, what do you tell your wife? <laughs> I got it at the gym. Oh. <laughs> at the YMCA. <laughs> Um, but we just saw San Francisco declared a state of emergency over monkeypox. We know that San Francisco is home to a large percentage of gay men. So the government won't come out and state that this is being primarily driven in that community among those in this population. It's almost becoming like more of a fear tactic saying that people were thinking that they are susceptible to this. When in fact, if you are in a heterosexual relationship, your chances of acquiring monkeypox are very low. We um, just went through Pride Month, and, and now they are literally, they don't care about like the gay This is what happens anymore. when you have a woke culture. Because they can't come out and say this. Because it would look discriminatory toward the gay community. Because they're, they're basically going to say... This virus is primarily isolated to, to this population. Just come out and say it. They just don't care. They, no they, one's it's going all to about... accuse them of being anti-discriminatory. So This is what happens whenever you have a society where they say on June 1st, take down the Ukrainian flags, boys. We got to hang the rainbow ones. Then on July 1st, they say, take down the rainbow flags. We got to hang a different one. And it's just so confusing. Very confusing. It's very confusing. I just wish that they would just be you know, forthcoming with us about this. Uh, next one, horse reins, old term. New term, whip of death. We know that this goes back to um, on the border when we saw that picture of what the media told us that when they were um, border patrol, that they were literally whipping uh, migrants as they were coming across, trying to cross the border illegally. When in fact, they were not whips. They were actually the reins used to control and ride a horse. Anyone with a brain knows this, too. Like, I mean, you can't. How would you whip a person with, with the reins that are attached to the horse's body and head? This is this is a this is complete gaslighting from this administration going down through these terms. 
Uh, the, the, they were suspended too, weren't they? They were suspended without pay, yeah. I believe. Investigated, and I think they still were basically found guilty. And the best, the best, the funniest part is, the guy he was grabbing had like takeout containers from I don't know, God knows where, in plastic yes. bags and styrofoam and everything. It was weird. Right, right. Um, next one: inflation. New term: savings of two cents. Um, so they're talking about gas prices coming down here little by little each and every day. Um, we talked about before, uh, that, you know, the price of gas went up. It was Putin's fault. Price of gas comes down. The administration is going to take credit for that, but we are still seeing elevated gas prices. All they are coming down. We will definitely admit that that's a fact. So we'll see how much they continue to come down as we wind down through the summer here and get into um, election season. Old term, Baby Yoda. New term, Grogu. Um, so we'll, we'll just pass on that one. Uh, old term, question mark, question mark, question mark. New term, I can't even pronounce that, but it's a, that's a Biden term. What's the can you what's the time? True international depression. <laughs> All right, next. Next, old term, murder. Murder, new term, healthcare. Oh, this I, I, we can't go into this. This is too much of a flashpoint, so I don't even know. Uh, yeah, they're stomping all over women's rights, clearly. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, uh. we'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, old term. Not handcuffed. New term. Handcuffed. <laughs> I believe they are referring to um, AOC and some of the members of the squad who were uh, arrested on Capitol Hill. And then as they were uh, for obstruction of, of a roadway or something like that, disorderly conduct, something very, very minor. It was a joke. It was a sham. And as the Capitol Police were leading them away, they had their hands behind their back, acting like they were handcuffed, when in fact they were not handcuffed. Keep, keep in mind, there was a, I believe it's in Michigan, a candidate running for either governor or something that was arrested for just being at, at the Capitol, not even inside the building, I don't think, just being in the crowd at January 6th was arrested and put in real handcuffs. And Peter Navarro was arrested at the airport when he literally lives right down the road from, from where the FBI, the, the headquarters, they could have went to his house there, but they wanted to make a big scene and arrest him at the airport, and they put him in leg irons. But these people get fake arrested, and then they forget their, their hands aren't even in cuffs and wave to the crowd. A <laughs> former high-ranking member of the Trump administration was placed in leg irons. He's Amazing. like 70 years old, too. Amazing. Uh, all right, last two. Groomer, which is the old term. The new term redefined by the Biden administration is a valued public school teacher. There have been like 200 and some arrests for some of them were substitute teachers. Not that it makes that big of a difference, but right. that is that there, is an insane stat. Uh, I believe I saw the number it was like 180 school employees. Uh, I think 140 teachers will just say 40 or so other, um, you know, employees that work inside the school were arrested for, um, was it child 
molestation or uh, sexual assault, something, a sex crime against kids, which is absolutely disgusting. I, I don't understand how that they're able to get hired when, I mean, how many, a, a pure drunk alcoholic can't get hired at a liquor store and not too many pill heads get hired at pharmacies. So I, I don't understand how this happens at schools. I, I don't either. I, I truly don't. You know, does that make sense? I mean, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of you know, public schools and you know, it's kind of you know, uh, it's our tax dollars. I mean, what, what, who is paying attention over here? Yeah, is this just on autopilot? It's amazing that this many people got, you know, I wouldn't say got away with it, but at yeah, least shut attempt- up and pay your taxes and just go to the school and wear the mask to. and do everything. Shut right. Uh, Last one. Old term truth, new term misinformation. So I don't think we need to really go into that one, but um, we we did see, uh, I think it was in the last 48 hours, that the CDC was in contact and was working with big tech, Google, YouTube, Twitter, to censor, um, quote unquote, misinformation regarding around uh, COVID-19 and the vaccine. They were actively working to censor things on these platforms that may have been contrary to their messaging. And now, as we have seen over the last few months, have been not misinformation, but actually truth. So. And they knew it's an outright lie. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm no genius. If I'm able to figure it out, then, then they're lying. Correct. Correct. So that's a little satire there from the Babylon Bee. Satire, but not really. All right, uh, let's move on to our next segment. And we have a video of uh, President Trump on ESPN. So go ahead and you want to cue up that audio and play it. Okay, here we are. You're so closely associated with the city of New York. You, of all people, understand the passion surrounding 9-11. What do you say to those family members who protested earlier this week and will be doing so again on Friday? Well, nobody's gotten to the bottom of 9-11, unfortunately, and they should have, as to the maniacs that did that horrible thing to our city, to our country, to the world. So nobody's really been there. But I can tell you that... uh, there are a lot of really great people that are out here today, and we're going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to celebrate, and money's going to charity. A lot of money's going to charity. And yeah, really the best players in the world, many of the best players in the world, and soon you'll probably have all of them. Mark, what do you think he was talking about? He, he used the term maniacs, very general, broad term. What do you think he was talking about? All right, let's work backwards there. Um, the last, His last sentence there, he talked about many of the best players in the world. And I think he was basically alluding to the end there that more players in the PGA tour are going to defect to the live tour where they are playing at Bedminster uh, in New Jersey this weekend. The live, the live golf tour is out in New Jersey at Trump's course. So it sounded like he was alluding to the fact that more players are going to be making the move over to live. But I think what you were referring to is, we never got to the bottom of 9-11, and we're not going to sit here and, and push 9-11 conspiracy theories, although my big one, going back to when this actually happened, was um, why did Building 7 look like a controlled demolition? That 
still hasn't been explained. Um, but I think Trump is kind of alluding to the fact that what I just said, maybe that there's still information out there that they're covering up, they're not giving us whatever. But it sounds like Trump may think the same thing, that maybe it was an inside job. Definitely a lot of question marks. Um, what do you think? Um, we're not going to delve into conspiracies. We're, I mean, I'm a doctor. You're just a professor. We have, we have, we have to have an engineer on and have them discuss it one time. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the time. And I know that I see a lot in common with what happened after 9-11 versus what happened right after COVID started. Now, does anyone listening remember flying before 9-11 happened? Well, for one, you didn't have to get to the airport two hours before your flight. And unlike today, we didn't all have to just wait and sit in there like we were cattle. Um, also, because of one individual trying to sneak bombs through in his shoes, everyone now, and that's of course you pay extra, has to take their shoes off to pass through airport security, which I'm sure is smart during a pandemic. <sighs> then God forbid you try to bring more than 3.4 ounces of liquid through as if you're secretly hiding nitroglycerin in your cologne bottle. I mean, how stupid. Now compare this with COVID. Okay, they're about to walk through security in the middle of this global pandemic. Uh, I, I can't wait to just stand around this high traffic security checkpoint area for 15 to 30 to 45 minutes to an hour, then rip my shoes off and walk around barefoot on this dusty ass airport floor all while I tug my mask every five seconds as I'm asking the TSA agent if my iPad could go into its own separate bin. Does it have to? I don't know. It changes every time. It's always the same thing, though. It's an enemy we could never really identify or define. Uh, on one hand, you have the war on terror, which, I mean, let's, let's be real. How the hell can you have a war on terror? Uh, like I said, you, you, you can't identify our enemies. It's lone wolves here. Then it's another terror cell. Then it's ISIS. Then it's like ISIS-K, which was from Afghanistan. It's like they make it up as they go along. Sounds like COVID. Um, another thing we can't see or easy to find COVID. I mean, it has a hundred symptoms, even nothing at all is one of the symptoms <laughs> at the same time, just like terrorism, everyone's scared of it. And, and we have no real direct way to fight it. Like in world war two, we knew what we had to do. We had to go to Berlin. We had to go to Tokyo. We knew where we had to go. Uh, uh, it, it, it's the vaccine came out and we thought, COVID was over. Just like when we killed Osama bin Laden, we thought the war on terror was over. Uh, am I making sense? You are. You are. And after 9-11, we saw the Department of Homeland Security uh, be formed by the federal government. We saw the Patriot Act uh, come out and be passed that basically, I don't want to say trample on the rights of ordinary citizens, but definitely gives organizations the right to um, and, and I don't want to say spy, we'll say monitor, track um, different things that, that may be able to prevent another terrorist attack. And, and for me, that doesn't bother me because I'm not 99% of the people in this country are law-abiding citizens. So if that is able to keep us safe, I'm okay with that. Some other people may disagree, but I got nothing to worry about. So 
you can keep us safe by doing that, great. Now we're seeing with COVID, you know, the masks are coming back. Although you just sent me a thing the other day, LA County voted to not reinstate the mask mandate in schools. Or was that in schools or was that just in? I, I the, can't remember, but they had, this is what happens whenever you have the, the lady that's in charge of the Department of Health and she's at the All-Star game or wherever she was, some baseball game, waving a, a towel in a crowded with no mask on. Granted, she's outside, but like, are we, I mean, come on. Right. And like, then we've oh. seen, and probably the biggest one with COVID has been the vac, the mandating, mandating a vaccine to, so you're not ostracized in society. Um, a vaccine that can be helpful in certain populations and other groups, it really has no effect whatsoever. Um, did the vaccine help me avoid the Delta wave? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't get it till last December when everyone had um, the Omicron variant. But another thing we're seeing, you know, is is related to the vaccine is, you know, like professional athletes. We just saw, um, I believe it was Novak Djokovic will not not be able to play in the U.S. Open in September because he's not vaccinated. I don't we don't have a vaccination requirement here to gain entry into the United States, but it might be a tournament requirement. And uh, Andrew Benintendi, who was just acquired by the New York Yankees in a big trade, unvaccinated, cannot go into Canada to play a series in Toronto because he does not have a vaccination. Uh, but and he must have told the Yankees that he's going to be vaccinated. He'll get the vaccination so he can go to Toronto uh, and play because they are a division rival and they may play them in the playoffs. So, um, you know, these are just some things that we're seeing. And you bring up a good point with the similarities. Um, Talk about Kyrie Irving, who, who actually could not play in his home games because he wasn't vaccinated. But unvaccinated players from the away team could play in the, the game. Right. The same game. That's a good point. That's a good point. I forgot all about Kyrie Irving. Who made up that rule? That's a good one. That's a good one. So just so just some similarities there between uh, post-COVID and post-9-11. So let's transition to – we. I, before we get into this, we do want to make a small retraction that we said that Pelosi was not going to visit Taiwan. Um, first, she was going to. And then China came out and said that, you know, if she goes, there's going to be consequences. And we said that, that the trip was off. We have to make a small retraction and say that that is not the case. The trip is still up in the air. And President Biden had a phone call with uh, President Xi Jinping the other day um, about this situation exactly. So U.S., Carrier strike group and the USS Ronald Reagan are headed from Singapore to Taiwan. So go ahead. I know this is you want to draw some comparisons to World War II. This is right in your wheelhouse. Uh, let's talk about the USS Ronald Reagan and U.S. Carrier Strike Group uh, headed to Taiwan as we speak. Well, you know, I'm just very passionate about history, especially World War II. So let's take a look back at, at something that happened in history in a, in a similar situation. Um, at the beginning of the Second World War, the Japanese Navy was considered probably the third most powerful Navy on Earth. Behind Great Britain was believed first, and the United States was second. Six months after their attack on Pearl Harbor, it was arguably not only the most powerful, but probably without a doubt the most advanced technologically. 
This included over six modern aircraft carriers that not only carried hundreds of the revolutionary new Mitsubishi Zero aircraft, but thousands of its veteran pirates, pilots as well that have fought in war, the China Wars. However, all that changed over a four-day weekend during the Battle of, for Midway Island. Japan lost all four of its aircraft carriers involved, along with over 250 aircraft, as well as two cruisers. But what hurt the most was the over 3,000 soldiers, sailors, and most importantly, the pilots that could not be quickly retrained. It was so bad of a defeat that not only did the Japanese public, but much of the military co command was kept in the dark about it. Upon return to Japan, wounded sailors were even quarantined to keep this major defeat a secret. And most of the rest were quickly shipped back out to garrisons in the South Pacific. After this battle, Japan could no longer project its strength in the Pacific. And in the end, this one battle was the turning point that arguably cost them the war. Now, things are building up between China and Taiwan. And it's definitely a situation we've been following. In my opinion, I believe eventually China will make a move on Taiwan. And I honestly think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. The only question is, will they try to take the island by force in a surprise invasion? Or, and I think this will be the better play for them, will they try to slowly squeeze the United States out first? Um, will they demand the U.S. forces trading the Taiwanese leave, equipment, everything else? Uh, and... They have to know the United States backed away from Afghanistan and basically abandoned our allies there. NATO hasn't really gone to bat for Ukraine. Ukraine's not getting into NATO. And the UN hasn't lifted a finger for anything. You think China isn't taking notes, uh, Mark? Well, there's a lot of barking from China, um, first of all. They're, they said that they would take firm and resolute measures if Nancy Pelosi travels to Taiwan and this, she would be the highest ranking American elected official to go to Taiwan since 1997 associated press previously reported that the Pentagon was planning for a Pelosi trip and would increase the movement of American forces and assets in the region. Should she go? And apparently they are sending the USS Ronald Reagan in the straight group over there now. So, Think one of two things could happen one one of your situations scenarios could play out or two they send pelosi over there which of all people why her and they call china's bluff but now if she does go and china doesn't react does china look weak if they said they were going to respond and then they don't respond so this whole China-Taiwan thing is going to really play out, I believe, over the next few months. And um, I think one of the scenarios you mentioned will probably happen. You might see a naval blockade. Um, what happens if they try to invade the country? Just say, will the United States respond with force against China? Then you would be looking at World War III. If it, you, know, you don't want to call this World War III already in Ukraine. The, the slow but, squeeze, like I said, it, it forces the United States and, and the Biden administration and Congress to to act first, if you think about it, because that's what I said. I mean, the Japanese fleet in World War II was 
thousands of miles away from the mainland of, of Japan. The United States fleet, Hawaii wasn't that far away from, from Midway. So we are a long ways away from the Taiwan Strait in Japan. It's, it's, it's on their coast. Yeah. Um, and I, I do believe that China has multiple scenarios already mapped out and already ready to go, depending on which way they want to go with this. Um, so, again, we'll see if Pelosi goes. That'll be a thing to watch here if she does go whenever this visit's supposed to happen. If she does go and what the reaction from China will be. We got to mention, too, that Mike Pompeo was there. It hasn't been more than three months since he was there, and it was no issue. And he's the former – he was a CIA um, – head of the CIA for a couple months. And then what was he – Secretary uh, of State. Secretary of State, that's correct, in the, in the last year or whatever, the Trump administration. And he was there recently with, with no issue, and, and a lot of them people I, – I, I don't know. That, that just seems weird that kind of had no issue with him going. Right. Right. Well, they have an issue even with tweeted uh, out, He even tweeted Pelosi. out, Nancy, he even tweeted out to Nancy Pelosi, I believe, I will go with you, which is strange. It's, it's almost like, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe Dennis Rodman should go. Well, we're, we're saving him for North Korea, too. That would be, oh, that. He's our best emissary. He, he is. It's sad. Uh, uh, why not send him to Russia to go try to get Brittany Griner out? <laughs> we're, we're gonna that's another real quick point too we're gonna trade a uh what's he called the master of death or something he's he's supposed to be doing another 20 years he's a spy or something we're trading we're gonna trade him back to russia for a WNBA player on a on a weed chart i hope we get an extra couple first round picks in the next war <laughs> unbelievable I mean, what, is the, what is the package? Is, is Adam Silver involved? It, it, I mean, I guess they'd have to be at war with China, or China would have to scoop someone up for, for the NBA to get involved in those kind of trades. But I, I hope we at least get a couple more first-rounders or, or potential future picks. They don't have to be lottery picks, I guess, but from Russia. for this. He was, He's labeled as the – he's a Russian arms dealer, and he is labeled the merchant of death. He was sentenced to 25 years in prison in 2012 – on charges that he schemed to illegally sell millions of dollars in weapons. And we're going to trade him for Brittany Griner and a player to be named later. That is, that is a nice nickname, the Merchant of Death. <laughs> the Merchant of Death for Brittany Griner, straight up. They had some nice nicknames in the, the center high school yearbooks. We had to oh, go yeah. back and read some of them and compare them with how these, oh, yeah. these spies and these weapons she, dealers. She is, she is facing up to 10 years in prison in Russia, uh, of transporting drugs. A little harsh for bringing in a little vape cartridge. Um, with all due, you know, being fair there. So, But uh, we'll see if the deal goes down. Maybe Adam Silver does get involved in uh, brokers this deal between uh, the, the Biden administration and, uh, and um, the Kremlin. So we shall see. All right, uh, we want to wrap it up here and get to our uh, end of show quick hits. So, uh, Joe, take it away. Okay, so I believe it's next week or coming up here. Congress is about to go in uh, on their usual summer recess in August. Will Biden use this as an opportunity to make any recess appointments? And those that are listening that don't understand what an appointment or recess appointment is, 
per Article 2, Section 2, Clause Number 3 of the Constitution, which is we still follow, I guess, in this country, hopefully, the president shall have power to fill all vacancies that may happen during the recess of the Senate, granting commissions which shall expire at the end of the next session. Now, for those listening, the next session starts January 3rd, I believe, 2023, and doesn't end until 2024. So if he does, minimum, that, that person's probably going to be in there until for, for probably the rest of his term. So that would be a time to make make a recess appointment. All, now, don't get me wrong. All presidents have made recess appointments, but this is just something to monitor. Will his administration, and I say his administration because he is a bowl of oatmeal walking around clueless, will, will his administration try to sneak someone in at a position? Are you alluding to a certain position? It, it could be, honestly, I don't want to get in the guessing games. It could be, who knows? It could be anything. Well, it could, it, it could be Kamala. Is that if that if you want to go like a script, maybe it'd be Kamala as the one appointing someone in a recess. I don't even know if that's possible. They might have to bring everyone back in. I'm sure she has to be sworn in, so I don't know how that works. But it's just something to monitor. It's interesting. Um, no one's going to be in there for August, and the reason they did this was because it would get so hot in August. But we have AC now. But apparently, they need their vacations. They're 180 some thousand dollars a year. Free travel and <laughs> and all their Correct. money that they launder too. Why not? Correct. Um, all right. Well, I have one, and this was probably the best week for the administration in a long time. Um, the price of gas is starting to come down. Um, they're starting to work, you know, trying to work through that and and make it more manageable. We're seeing under four dollars a gallon in some states again, which is great. Um, but probably. In, in what I think it might be the most significant piece of legisla- legislation that has been passed, maybe aside from the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. But House passes bill to boost U.S. chip production and China competition, sending it to Biden. So the House passed bipartisan legislation to boost U.S. competitiveness with China by allocating billions of dollars toward domestic semiconductor manufacturing and science research. Um, the bill passed 243 to 187 with no Democrats voting against the bill. 24 Republicans voted for the legislation on the surface. This seems like a major win for the tech sector, for chip manufacturing, for domestic production of these things and for national security. Why do I say national security? Because as we said last episode and what you just talked about related to Taiwan and China, if something were to happen with Taiwan and China, our chip manufacturing would take a massive blow because most of the chips that are found in cars, TVs, computers, electronics, we'll just say electronics, blanket, that are made in Taiwan or China. We are reliant upon them for most of our things that we just take for granted on a daily basis, chips and phones and televisions and appliances. This bill will bring back that manufacturing, or at least it should, back to the United States where it belongs. Um, I think the hang-up for the Republicans was that it does allow grant money to be used at the discretion of the administration um, to um, give grants to research um, you know, partners, 
National Science Foundation, Department of Commerce, um, and things like that. Now, this bill allocates, I believe it was $40 billion, $50 billion, something like that, um, toward this um, toward this goal, okay? $52 billion. $52 billion. You might think, oh, what's $52 billion? Doesn't seem like a lot. You might be right. Because we have set already to Ukraine around $50 billion to Ukraine. but Probably more. Now, probably more. But now we are starting to see this administration maybe spend more money here in America first. That's what we are about here at Thinking Logically. America first. Please, for the love of God, put Americans first. And that's what they did here. Um, at least on the surface, with this bill. They wasted so much money before this with the Build Back Better agenda. That, uh, it's a lot, of money was, a lot of money was printed since March of 2020, and we literally got two $1,200 checks. Correct. Correct. Criminal. Criminal. If they would have just focused on spending that money on and put America first, just, just give it to people 18 and older that, that, that pay taxes and you're looking at like forty-five to $55,000 a person from the COVID relief stuff. Right. Right. So that's good. Uh, I'm happy to see this come out this week. And um, hopefully that will boost uh, chip production here uh, very shortly uh, here in the United States. And then I want to end with this, um, our favorite vice president. I want to end with this audio. So here we go. Yeah. It looks like I got to pull it up again. So I'm going to refresh. You're not as but, good as I am. See, I, 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 we had Mark from the sound department, but you know, we hired him, but he's called off every episode so far. We're still waiting on <laughs> Mark from the sound department. Mark from the sound department. Where are you? <sighs> All right. No one wants to work anymore in 2022. No one, nobody wants to work. All right, here we, we are, go. We are paying good. Good. Um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Not done yet. That's how that idiot starts out her meetings. I'm Dan Dockage. My pronouns are, I don't even know what the hell pronouns are. I'm a man wearing a shirt. What an idiot. Like, I get, this is where, this is what frustrates me about politics. Some of you are so blind to your party that you actually think that these people aren't idiots. And these people care about you can we play that again this is so pandering to you and you're falling for 81 million of you okay 81 million people voted for these idiots and some of you continue to still support it do we have to get if not just put in my ear that we can't good afternoon i want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, 
I am Pamela Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Yep. So I wanted to end with that. And as you heard there, it's, I, I don't even have any more words. Um, and she, also, she was wearing a mask. So let's not forget that. Um, but someone with an approval rating lower than Joe Biden. Someone who has lost basically their entire staff over the first year and a half of this administration. They've completely abandoned ship. And it's obvious there because whoever wrote that for her is a complete moron. So, guys, hang in there. Uh, November's right around the corner. We can do this. We've got to stay united and just put America first. So, that's all I got. Joe, take us home. I am Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi, and my pronouns are. <laughs> I actually don't know if we could play that without getting sued. I have to talk to our lawyer. Um, but that was fun in throwing that in. Um, I am Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. Uh, you are listening to, I guess, the podfather, Professor Mark J. Grandinetti. It's been a pleasure. We love all of our listeners everywhere across the globe. And we're, like I said, going to bring you the news as it happens. Try to. Mark, I want to also, breaking news right now, Pelosi travels to Asia today unclear if she will go to Taiwan. So we're going to close on that. We gave Phil, it's Friday. We gave uh, Philip the day off after today. He came in early, did his thing. He has the day off. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Big bachelor party. Michael Mancini, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be getting married in about a month. So shout out to him. It's going to be a fun time. This has been thinking logically. Thank you guys. Love you guys. Ba 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 ba